0: Hey y'all! Welcome to the Conbos with Kelsey podcast, the communication project all about cultivating genuine conversations. I bet if I asked you about a conversation that went terribly wrong, you could think of more than one. Hi, I'm Kelsey, and not much gives me more joy than helping others improve their conversations. And I want to thank you for inviting me to come alongside you in your personal, professional, and creative conversations in this podcast i want to give you the tools to be true to yourself and to feel confident in any conversation i believe in people and i love words so each episode i will be inviting you to join me as i talk with some amazing women who will share their very own impactful conversations however imperfectly navigated they might have been so grab a cup of coffee grab a glass of wine heck grab a vat of chips and queso it doesn't matter all great conversations start with being comfortable feeling ready to be vulnerable and great friends. So let's get to it. Hello everyone, welcome back. Today, I am proud to introduce you to my friend, Janelle Dean, who is the founder of Desert Creative Group and is an accomplished marketer. She combines her love for delving deep into human communications and professional experience leading marketing departments to help organizations find power in their voice to market with a purpose. With an educational background in visual communications, Janiel celebrates the important role that beautifully designed content plays in helping businesses spread their message, emotionally connect with people, and engage their audience in new ways. She is a lover of nature, stories, photography, animals, great food, and the arts. Without further ado, my friend Janiel. Okay. Hi, Janiel. How are you? Hi, I'm doing good. How about you? Good. I'm so happy that you're here. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so honored that you're here. All (laughs) right. So, Janelle, you have a marketing company, right? Correct. Yep. So can you tell us just a tiny bit about that?
1: Yeah, so we're a full service marketing and creative agency. And we kind of do everything on the scope of consulting, helping people figure out how to grow their business and kind of being that guiding light while they're kind of navigating things. And we do training to help them kind of figure it out themselves and be more in control of their own marketing kind of endeavors. And then um, we also do services where we help develop and then also implement things as well. So whether that's, you know, making a website or making a campaign and helping them get it launched and figuring out the metrics, we kind of do it all. So it's all case by case basis, depending on people's
0: needs. Oh man. Someday I'm going to afford you. be able to afford (laughs) you. (laughs) From what my understanding of marketing is, which by the way, is very little. I just fly <laughs> by the seat of my pants on most things. My understanding is that is that you would have to guide. I like that you said guiding light. I love that because if I were to hire someone to help me with marketing, you would have to be a so bright light to show me what direction to go because I feel like marketing gets people overwhelmed in a world that needs marketing all the time.
1: Absolutely. Well, and it's kind of funny, too, because marketing means something different to everybody. You know, somebody comes at me and they're like, oh, you do marketing? Do you do SEO? And that's what marketing means to them. But I'm kind of here to educate people that marketing is such a big, broad thing that you almost have to think of it like business development on is your business even able to scale to the scale that you actually want it to get to? Is it able to handle those processes so you don't drop the ball once you get to that size that you want to get to in terms of like revenue or business growth or anything like that? So you got to have all of the fundamental building blocks in place to even be able to get to, you know, like if you put an ad out in the world and you're spending money on it, Is everything else set up where you're not just wasting that money when you're actually getting people to your website or getting people to look at your content and things like that. So it's a very big picture on what it actually means for marketing and setting it up for success.
0: Wholly overwhelmed, like so. Yes, if oh, it, the whole thing could be mat, could be massive, or you could you might have a client that has very little needs but they maybe need you to light their way in the form of drip campaigns or something like that.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We kind of do a little bit of everything and it's all tailored to exactly what their needs are. And if they already have certain things covered and they just need supplemental help figuring things out, we're kind of there just to fill in the gaps that they're needed, or be able to just kind of help them figure out what they even need to do in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it doesn't need to be overwhelming. It can be right. little bite-sized chunks that are going to be the most effective kind of along the way and building up into bigger things later on.
0: Yeah. So I imagine you have a wide range of types and sizes of clients in your Absolutely. marketing business.
1: Yeah, I have anything from just like one people kind of, they have their own little business. I work with some like fine artists out there, photographers, and then all the way up to big corporate clients where I'm a part of their marketing team and helping them develop strategies and campaigns and things like that. So kind of everything that you could think of, every size Uh uh, from the one person all the way up to a big team, so...
0: So I imagine that you have come across quite the variety of people and discovering their needs has probably required some significant conversation skills. Absolutely. Yeah. So because you're trying to help people figure them themselves out. I feel like yeah. we would have to do some souls. If you were, if I hired you, we'd be like, okay, let's search your soul and find like What do you actually want, Kelsey? I do
1: that all the time, actually. (laughs) That's kind of where we start is from the ground of just the concept of the business Mm -hmm. and what it even is and where you're wanting it to go. And everything that we build on from that is on those core values and those core goals and everything actually, even those little building blocks, they're all there to get you to your big goal later on.
0: Yeah, so we need to know that, Kelsey's personal values are that of creativity and integrity and being genuine, that type of thing. We have to start like minuscule at those types of things. Before. Absolutely. Kelsey, you can't hire an employee unless you know these things first. Exactly. And that's <laughs> why when I
1: start with somebody, um, one exercise that I'll kind of give away that I do is I have people describe their business in five adjectives. And those five adjectives need to be pinpointed enough to really be specific to your business and your brand, but also broad enough to allow for evolution and growth as your business kind of takes shapes and moves and everything like that. And so it usually number one through three are easy for people to get, but then four and five is kind of more of a challenge because the next step of that is every single thing that you put out into the world and develop under your brand, if it doesn't have those five adjectives and speak to those five adjectives, don't put it out there.
0: Oh my goodness. Because it's not
1: your brand. So that kind of makes it really tangible and a quick little checklist to be like, does this say that I'm sustainable? Does this say that I'm working towards this? And if it's a no on any one of
0: those, then it's not your brand. And so don't do it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so awesome. (laughs) Wow. Okay. I'm going to learn so much from you. Okay. So (laughs) I truly believe that probably marketing has a lot to do with building relationships uh, with people, uh, especially in your business. But, Mm -hmm. And then to build on that, that relationships are built on conversation. So can you tell me your thoughts on this and how, or give me an example on how this might have impacted you in some way in your business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can give you two examples. One, how it directly affects my business. And then also just in marketing in general on how brands kind of conduct themselves in a conversational way, like to their audience. For my personal business... There's a million people out there who do marketing or, you know, I do social media because I've ran my own personal page before, you know, and things like that. And so it's kind of really fighting an uphill battle in terms of kind of acquiring new clients. Either they have a need and they know they have a need and they're just out there finding somebody and they come to you. Or if you're coming to them, they're kind of already guarded because they've either worked with a marketing person in the past and had a bad experience and didn't feel like they got their money's worth or the person really knew what they were doing. So it's really having a kind of open conversation on just even who I am, what I do, and you know, the sky's the limit in terms of what I can help with and really educating people on what marketing is, is it's not just services, but it's like the entire strategy behind it. So developing those conversations, you really have to not sell anything. And you have to just, you know, this is kind of, it's almost like a ethical theory kind of based conversation oh, on what it means to market and what it means to a business to conduct themselves in a certain way. And usually once you can kind of break down those barriers, because I'm not trying to sell things. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just having a conversation about what businesses' strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what they could do better, how they can actually talk to people better. That kind of just sells itself in the long run. So that's kind of those developing conversations thing is when people are already really guarded um, going into it and breaking down those kind of walls. And I kind of, when it comes to businesses and how I consult on opening up to their audiences, especially if you're trying to engage a new audience or engage an audience in a new way, is I've always been a big proponent of what's called content marketing. And content marketing is like the ultimate soft sell. It's just producing content that's valuable and it can be looked at as a valuable resource to people in the industry. And it basically positions you to be looked at as like an industry specialist. So people start turning to you for information and you're not selling them anything. You're not, you know, trying to like push anything down their throat. You're not shoving them down like, you know, a weird funnel. You're just providing information in hopes that later on you'll convert them to customers. Mm. So I've always developed, I'd say over the last like eight years, I've been really big at developing content marketing strategies and soft selling strategies. And I found that those have the most significant growth in terms of long run kind of revenue generating growth, but also you have those like reoccurring customers that keep coming back.
0: Develop connection and provide value. Yes. Yeah, that's where you're headed with your marketing. So yes. I was do Googling some things. I'm like, oh, I, I need to have some good questions for you mm-hmm. to because, you know, marketing overwhelms me. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I ran across something that was called conversational marketing. And is that different than content marketing or how what's that like? Well, I mean, that could be kind of a different mean something different to other
1: marketers. And that's kind of open for interpretation. But the way I view conversational marketing is really close in line with content marketing Mm. is you're as a brand, you're putting out yourself out there in a human kind of approachable way where somebody can actually have a conversation with you. So you're not this big corporate thing that hides behind a facade where it's really difficult for people to reach out to you with questions and things like that. And as an organization you're viewed as approachable and you know you engage people back when they reach out to you whether it's via social media or you know like news articles and media floating around about your brand and things like that so you're just kind of open for conversation that's the way i view it i mean it could be different for every everybody out there but
0: which I think goes in aligns with your content marketing, just in my, I'm learning as we talk Yeah, <laughs> brain is if I'm approachable and I can respond to you like a normal human being, I'm providing you the value that you're all, cause we really all just want to belong. Right. Exactly. And so exactly. if you can create that, then you can maybe sell something to someone later. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. So have you ever had a client, a conversation with a client where it went haywire? Yeah, a few times. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of misunderstandings
1: um, that can happen out there. For me, the root of all of those things are expectations. And so it's really important for me to try to set expectations ahead of time. Marketing isn't something where you can guarantee a certain output, you know, unless you're really underselling yourself, because otherwise that's I mean, if you're really pushing the boundary and engaging people in new ways, it's kind of experimental. You can't just like put yourself out there and be like, "I guarantee you're going to get this return on it." Because yeah, that's just this not website, realistic. You're going to
0: sell thousands and thousands of exactly. dollars. Exactly. And if from anybody holds
1: you that they guarantee that, there, yeah, <laughs> it's probably going to be one of those bad experiences where you don't get your money's worth because. I mean, you're not doing anything new at that point. If you can already predict the outcome that severely, you know, you're just not pushing the boundary and trying anything new. And that's kind of old and tired. And that's not what I'm about. So it's always about setting realistic expectations on what the outcome is going to be or your workload and what you're doing for them. And so I found that if there are kind of conversations that don't go well, it's usually because somebody wasn't on the same page, whether it was me or them on expectations and
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I find that anger uh, comes from either unmet expectations or embarrassment, right? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And usually the
1: embarrassment is because there's unmet expectation and it didn't go the way you expected it to.
0: (laughs) Well, oh shoot, that's a double whammy. I know. Embarrassed and unmet <laughs> expectations. That's yep. a, a, a recipe for a disastrous conversation, right?
1: Exactly. And when you're <laughs> dealing with two people, I feel like, you know, that person's not you. You can't control everything. You can't control the way they're, they're gonna respond. And so chances are with every relationship in your life, whether it's a business relationship or a friendship or a significant other, there's a certain level always of, you know, your expectations and how well they meet those expectations. And that kind of dictates the general like ebb and flow of happiness and things like that.
0: You mean like when I expect my husband to put the dishes in the dishwasher not just in the sink actually introduced him to the dishwasher like here now you know each other exactly expectations clear exactly (laughs) so now I can stop being
1: mad kind of the root of happiness in all relationships
0: (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. mark in marketing or in marriages exactly exactly (laughs) and with your children too I mean my children I need to be a little more clear on my expectations, probably. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh, we can all be a little bit better at that, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, last question about um, sort of marketing and branding, and then we're going to go into the lightning round, and or if you have anything else that you're like, I have this burning desire to talk about this. Let's do that. So think of okay. that. But my last question is personal brand. Okay, to me is mm-hmm. like this buzzy um word Mm -hmm. set of words that I'm like okay personal brand if you had like one teeny tiny little piece of advice aside from knowing what your core values are and if they don't match up how Mm -hmm. can you tell someone to sort of keep in line with their personal brand or is that just the main thing
1: well personal brands could be a lot of things you see kind of like a solopreneur person who you know, is like really selling themselves on being an expert. Like, buy my online course or buy this, you know, yeah. or my resource catalog of whatever topic, you know. Or it can just be a person who's looked to for information. And those two things are kind of different. It depends on if you're selling something or not. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're selling something as a brand, you kind of you're the front face of it, but it's not necessarily your personal brand. You're still the mascot
0: product.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, you're the spokesperson.
0: Oh, that's that spokesperson is probably better point. than mascot.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess it depends on the person. <laughs> I
0: automatically think um, of like a giant tiger head.
1: I automatically think of like the Chick-fil-A cows for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> Uh so I mean personal brand it can be like something where you have a logo for yourself or you're, you know say like for you like your podcast but Uh is that like your personal brand or is that you know branding for your podcast where you're just the face of it and so you kind of have to to (laughs) evaluate where exactly you're going with it and what you're doing because I mean if you're just being yourself and people are turning to you for information and you're providing content and value and that's all you're providing, then I would say, yeah, that's a personal brand. And you just have to, when I put influencers in this category, I actually had this conversation with somebody, it's your job. If you have a decent amount of following to conduct yourself responsibly and promote responsible behavior. Mm -hmm. So and then also stand up for your mission and values and what you stand for. So I guess those are the biggest things with core missions and values. I mean, if you, do, if you have a product and you're the spokesperson of that product, you can still really promote those things and you should still conduct and promote responsibility in actions and things like that. But it's less about you at that point um, mm, or mm-hmm. about your role in the product you're selling. Um, and yeah. that kind of thing. Whereas if you are just the person providing those things and people are looking to, then that's more just conducting yourself in like almost like a brand voice, like yeah. you're tailoring what you're putting out to the world in a way that conducts it, puts you in a better light on the way you want to be perceived.
0: And hopefully your personal brand aligns with your company's sort of branding. So then you don't have to be inauthentic. Exactly. And and that's a lot of times when I
1: see people really pushing like a personal brand, Mm -hmm. it almost becomes inauthentic. They're not a person anymore. They're just peddling something and they're just promoting themselves and their products and that's not being an authentic person, you know, kind of thing as well. So there's a Which, kind of fine line into it where you're branching almost into a company versus you yourself as a personal yeah. brand.
0: Yeah. Mm. Oh man, we could dive so much farther into this. Like I know. Okay, let's talk about our, using our personal Facebook page versus, our, but we won't exactly.
1: And that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That with earlier is it's almost like ethical theory and like. You know, this big kind of weird theoretical conversation of when you're really talking to people about what they want and where they want to go, because there's a million different avenues and you really have to just decide and commit to where you're going.
0: Mm -hmm. So have you found that your listening skills are of your most valued possession when you're trying to figure out where to take someone or values and stuff might not always align with your clients does that make sense absolutely and so (laughs) you then have to put the sort of like listening hat on to help still shine your guiding light absolutely yeah they say listening
1: is about probably 85 percent of what i do and then Because it's important for me to be able to consult anybody. I don't just like blind consult people. I have to know the background information and everything that they're doing and what's working, what's not working, where they want to go before I can even kind of give advice on things because it's so important for me to reflect who they are and who they want to be. And it's just bad advice if I don't. So I'd say listening, yes, is... One of the most tremendous skill sets any marketer could have, or anybody helping any kind of other business out.
0: Yeah, or any person, right? Absolutely. I I just think it's probably one of the most valuable skills that often is underutilized. Yeah. Because, you know, we all just love to hear ourselves talk. It's true. Some more than others. It's true. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And marketing's (laughs) not a quick overnight kind of thing, it's a long run long game kind of thing and I feel like people get a little too discouraged because they put one thing out there and it didn't come back the way they wanted it and that's just what it is you start small and you tweak and you tweak and you tweak and you tweak and you Mm -hmm. always are tweaking little things so you can find out what the main tweak was at the end that worked and until you finally get what you're looking for and then you scale up from there. So people just expect, I'm going to put this one post out there and it's going to go viral. And that doesn't oh, happen. that be then, nice? Yeah, exactly. And it just doesn't happen. And yeah. people need to kind of understand that marketing takes a lot of patience and a lot of evaluation and yeah. course correction
0: along the way. <laughs> Shoot. I feel like we could be talking about relationship development. Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) Like we're saying marketing, but we could be talking about all the relationships that are in our lives. Exactly. It's constant work. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I I don't know if I want to be in a relationship with marketing (laughs) like you are. It's it's
1: sometimes stressful and it's sometimes fun and it's sometimes emotional and it's sometimes you know, defeating. But when you make something that works, it feels really, really good. So I feel like that's kind of just business in general, or, you know, like you're working really hard to learn a new skill, and then you finally just get it. And
0: then it's there. And then it's a great feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I am my wheels are turning like I have yeah. all these like I have so many more questions I'm going to start saving my pennies seriously for you <laughs> well I'd love okay. to help you out I'm sure you would I'll be a tough case I bet I I'm okay with that <laughs> tough cases get me thinking so it's okay. oh good challenge accepted <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay so at the end of every podcast I have five questions that I ask every guest and so these are just there's no right or wrong answer you just say what comes to the top of your head and I'm just loving all the differences that people say so far and so I think it'll be really great okay so question number one what is your favorite thing to drink oh coffee coffee definitely I can't live without it ditto
1: and I could drink it all day if I could still sleep at night.
0: I know. I, I, to myself, I wonder every day, is it too late?
1: Exactly. Um, I do the same thing. It's that process
0: that rolls through. It's every day. Around three, I'm like, hmm, can I have one more? I think I can yeah. have one more. Exactly. <laughs> all right.
1: What's your favorite book? Oh, that's, I think, one of the most difficult ones. I read such a broad range of random books. Um, like, I love the classics. Mm-hmm. Um, classic fictional literature, I really love. And they're classics for a reason. Yes. Um, but I also read a lot of, like, nonfiction-y books. And I've been branching a little bit more into, like, modern fiction books, which mm-hmm. was new for me. So usually when I'm reading at any given time, I have a heavy book that I'm reading that's usually science based with a lot of facts and figures and case studies and things you need to really be in the right kind of mood to delve into. And then I have a lighter hearted book that's either a fiction or like a fun biography or something going at the same time. So no matter what mood I'm in, I can still keep moving forward with one of them, whether I need something lighter or I can actually, you know, kind of get into more of the science-based stuff.
0: I am so glad that I am not the only person that reads two books. So I have <laughs> always one that I can just read whenever, wherever. It doesn't matter. Super exactly. light. Entertaining. Yes. Another one that I have to kind of like, okay, wait, not, I must not be in the mood for this because I just re- reread the same sentence four times. Exactly.
1: And it didn't sink in still. Exactly. <laughs> I have one of those right now that I'm working on. It's um, called Subliminal and it's all about, um, like the new advances in figuring out how like your subconscious rules your behavior, oh um, and it's really cool and it's a really interesting book. But you definitely have to be in the right kind yes. of mindset. It can't be after a long strenuous day at work. No, I'm just gonna do some light reading before exactly.
0: But... <laughs> <laughs> so, my messaging yeah, for my have subliminal. Two
1: exactly
0: (laughs) good I was starting to think I was sort of a freak like why do I always have two books in fact my husband asked me which one of these are you reading I'm like both of them yeah exactly like you don't get them confused I'm like they're way different from each other you cannot get them confused
1: exactly I'm the same way
0: (laughs) it's not like there's two Sarah characters in these books
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) awesome
0: all right what was the last show you binge watched Um, there was one, I got, I
1: can't remember the name of it. It's about this like teenage girl who's, her parents immigrated from India and she's a high school kid and her dad died and she wasn't very popular. And she was on this quest to make her and her friends popular and it kept backfiring significantly. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to Google it. It, it's really good. It was, um, it's on Netflix. God, I can't remember the name. I'm going to Google it
0: right now too. Okay. you Google it. All right. While you're doing that, let's ask you the next question. If you could talk to any famous person dead or alive, who would it be?
1: Hmm. That's a it's really a, tough one too. It's a good question. I know that is a really good question. I would love to say like Stephen Hawking, just because trying to figure out just how he develops and thinks about abstract thoughts and then makes them completely tangible through math is just fascinating to me. But I kind of feel like the conversation would be such a slow pace that I would almost get kind of bored or
0: frustrated. Like my <laughs> my my energy is, I gotta go.
1: Yes, exactly. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can you just pick up the pace on your computer? Text yeah, come on. A get, bit? get it. Get it going. <laughs> uh,
0: would I be feel cool, like
1: though. it would be cool and it would be fascinating. Um, but then there's like, there's a lot of artists that I would just love to talk to, to just not even for anything to do with their art or what things mean, but just their like perspectives and outlooks on how they view the world is something that you know always influences artists' work and oh. a lot of times is more interesting than the actual piece that they create or the yeah. meaning behind a
0: specific piece yeah
1: so, so what,
0: what made you think of that lyric or exactly made you picture that in your head put it on yeah a,
1: like what was going on in your head at the time you know or yeah. the world and how you viewed what happened and yeah you know like where Tell were me. where was your mind at that's where what I want your to know mind
0: at? Oh, I've mm-hmm. asked so many people that exact phrase.
1: Exactly. Help me
0: understand where your mind was at when you made that decision.
1: Exactly. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that you can really find out somebody's perspective from and be empathetic on where they're coming from and be able to put yourself in their shoes is explain what was happening and what your thoughts were on that. You know,
0: It's really the only way you can have compassion for someone is if you – really try to understand where they're coming from cuz otherwise you're only using your own perspective which might be way off.
1: Exactly. And that's big in marketing too is yeah. it's the whole psychology on understanding how to communicate with people and knowing where they're at how they're going to perceive messages and mm-hmm. kind of try to predict all of those things.
0: Oh, I love Oh, here's a good question for you. Okay. What is your favorite phrase to say to someone when you're like wanting them like give me Give me some more, but not like wanting to give them the answer.
1: Usually I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of frustrating when it comes to having conversations like that with, because I just ask the like follow-up questions because I Uh want to know more and I Uh want to know more and I want to know more. And then when it comes time to like me to give them advice back, And I'm like, well, there's about four different ways you could go about this. And let me (laughs) tell you the ins and outs of each one and the pros and cons and the possible outcomes. And then I lay it all out there. And then it's like, so what do you prefer?
0: Which one do you want?
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's awesome. So I guess there's not a particular phrase other than like, tell me a little bit more about that. And yeah. then kind of like interview questions where you're diving deeper and a little nuance that they said that you picked up on
0: uh-huh.
1: when it was like, why did you phrase it that way? Tell me more about that.
0: Uh-huh. My favorite thing to say is, oh, say more about that. Yeah. That's my favorite because you're they're every more person,
1: enthusiastic than me. So I love that. <laughs> every
0: person is like, well, well, I guess I could. And they come up with some other thing to say. And then you have exactly. to be quiet after that. Like, okay, I know. I'm just going to wait, which is the most difficult part for me. Yes. The
1: anticipation is their building, but you're like, I did just ask them for more. So now I, I have did. To wait. I better <laughs> wait for him to give it to me
0: it's so hard. It is. <laughs> okay. The last question to wrap all the, oh, did you Google your book? No. Yes. It's never, never have I ever.
1: That's the a Netflix show. Yep. Netflix show. That's the Never last one I binged watch.
0: Have I ever. I'm going to look yeah. into it. It's interesting. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I can't wait. Okay. Last question. A good conversation requires blank. Mm, I'd say the
1: biggest one is engagement, like mutual engagement. Yeah. Because if you're really engaged, but they're not, the conversation doesn't happen you know, vice versa. Uh-huh. Or if nobody's really engaged, it's like the most dry surface level conversation you could ever imagine. Oh yeah. So or yeah, like, it's an engagement.
0: Like Charlie Round's teacher. Wah, yeah. wah, wah. Like what did she just say?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that exactly. Away.
0: Yeah. That's good. I feel like one of the things that takes engagement away the most is our phones. Yes.
1: Absolutely, it's
0: like boom. It took me just disengage, yep, and then it's lost. You have to reengage.
1: Absolutely, or somebody not really participating is another uh-huh. one for me too. or it's like, okay, you know, like you can weigh in too. How? What do you feel? You yeah. know? Yeah. Like.
0: Well, my my, I think one of the things I hate the most in life, and hate is a very strong word, I realize, but it's one-sided conversation. Yes, I'm just like, I'm trying to pull your teeth, I really am trying to engage you and it's not working.
1: Exactly. It
0: gets me like, okay, I got to go.
1: And sometimes when I have those situations, I kind of just bring attention to it and say like, do you want to talk about something else? You don't seem particularly engaged in this topic or something like that. Oh, and that that's good. It's usually, it either snaps them out of it. They're like, oh no, sorry. You know, and then they're more aware of it uh-huh. or they're like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it, you know, because of either they have something not weighing on their mind
0: or it doesn't interest them. And that's okay. Just tell me. <laughs> yeah. Now it depends on the person too, right? So my husband, yeah. I might say, earth to Zane. Exactly. Wow. Like, Are you, hello. Can, I just said, you know, laid my heart out on the line, and you're just like nothing. Which yeah. usually, I mean, he doesn't usually do that to me. But <laughs> if if he did, I would feel comfortable saying that to him exactly. versus like someone who I'm trying to knew I'm trying to talk with. Exactly. Well, I that. That'd be rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so where can our the listeners of this podcast? continue to follow your journey? Um, I write a lot
1: of, well, not a lot, more, less than I should and less than I want because usually my own marketing of my own business takes the furthest back burner when Weird. I'm busy because <laughs> um, client work always comes first. Yeah. So I do try to, back to the content marketing thing, provide a lot of value in the types of articles and blog posts that I put out there. And so those are always available on Desert Creative Group's website. There's a blog section. Um, I think there's only like four or five up there right now. Currently, I'm working on a whole series of crisis communication, kind of based content. And it's not just about like the coronavirus situation. It's kind of any different type of crisis and yeah. principles to kind of understand when you're trying to market through that, mm-hmm. um, whether it's a pocket, a geographic pocket of people or, you know, like right now the whole world don't, is going through the same thing. Going and on. so I'm working on developing that and I'm working with a couple other people to provide content um, for different types of industry businesses. And so there's that. I also write and publish my work on Medium. Which is a kind of writing platform. It's an ad-free one. You just it's full of writers, full of awesome. content on every topic you can imagine. And you're just engaging with other writers.
0: Yeah. Cool. It's That's a great cool. platform. So oh, no, media about blog.
1: That. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. And then you have Instagram pages. I'm
1: I have assuming. Instagram. I have my personal one, which is Wandering Marketer. And I have my business one, which is Desert Creative Group. We're also on Twitter. Um, Facebook, I don't really utilize just because it doesn't really fit what I need. I usually just share directly from Instagram. So don't follow me on Facebook if you're looking for good Facebook content. Because, yeah, Yeah. it's the least priority of all the social networks. And then also I'm on LinkedIn, um, just my name or the business has a page on LinkedIn as well.
0: I'll put all this stuff in the show notes, but I just wanted to... make sure and ask you and let them hear it from you. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Of course. Thank you. I I know everyone's just going to love it. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) Okay. We'll
1: talk soon. Sounds good. Thanks.
0: Okay, friends. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. If you did, please make sure that you share the episode on social media. Don't forget to tag me at combos with Kelsey. And of course tag our fabulous guest. If you want to use a hashtag, you could use Kelsey's combo corner. And of course you're going to want to subscribe to our show so that you don't miss any opportunities to hear our upcoming episodes. And if you heard something on the show that you love and want to look into further, don't forget to catch the show notes on my website, which is kelseydeetz.com. That's K-E-L-S-E-Y-D-I-E-T-Z.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes and links to all the referenced materials and fun things in the episode. Okay, everyone, we know that I am a true believer in conversation making a gigantic impact on our lives. So I hope that you found this episode and all of our episodes, in fact, helpful to your own cultivation of genuine conversations. Until next time.